Good morning, church. Buenos dias. <laughs> well, I just want to share before we'll start the sermon that it is a really incredible opportunity to be able to share this stage of our lives with you guys. Yeah. To introduce our son today, his name is Alejandro. <laughs> That's right. To all of you, and uh, and just to be able to share it as family, it's really incredible and an amazing opportunity. We feel very blessed. Um, I'm excited for what Will is going to preach today, and uh, the Bible says, "Encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, that you may not be hardened. Your hearts may not be hardened by sin's deceitfulness." Mm. And I really believe that God is going to speak powerfully through will to encourage us and so that we can encourage each other. And so I would like as your sister to encourage you to open your minds, to open your hearts, to open your ears to what God is going to speak to you through will about. And, um, and I really think that it's going to serve to help us draw near to him, draw near to each other and glorify him in everything that we do. Thank you so much for all of your love, all of your support. For every prayer, every prayer counts. We feel it. We need it. We need you. We're so grateful for you, and we're so grateful to be here with you. We love you. Amen. Amen. It is amazing to be here and to be able to visit all of you. And our, our dream since we got married here was to have our first child in this church because this church is just amazing with raising kids together. And so even though we'll have our child in Spain, it's cool to be here while Kristen is pregnant and to share this time with you. Uh, it's amazing to be here and to see all these guys graduating high school. They were 12 years old when we moved here and they're now young men. They are men. And it's amazing what the Holy Spirit will do to mature you, even as a teenager. And, uh, and it was incredible what Joel shared for the contribution. That was incredible. And, and it really is true that so many souls have been saved because of the sacrifice of the hearts of the disciples. The Madrid church exists because so many disciples have sacrificed so much to support it financially, emotionally, even physically moving there. But we do miss you and think about you often. And uh, we are and will always be honored to be missionaries sent out by this church. That truly is an honor. You know, it's been now a year and a half that we have been in Madrid. We moved in February of last year. And in this first year and a half, we've seen God do some amazing things. We have seen him strengthen the hearts of the disciples. We've watched him heal past hurts as people have turned from fear to faith. We have witnessed the re-energizing of the singles ministry, the growth of the campus ministry and the genesis of a teen ministry, which had not existed for many years. And we have sat in awe as God has saved souls of those who have made Jesus Lord. And I can say that for us personally, our entire perspective on life and relationships has changed. One of the things that one of the amazing things that happens as you go on the mission field overseas is that you realize how much of your concept of what matters in life was a structure, was a result of your culture and your experiences and influences. So for me personally, before moving to Madrid, I highly valued success. 
and my, my reputation among my peers and filling my schedule up all the time so I didn't feel like I was wasting a single moment. But in Spain, success is relative. Reputation is not obsessed over and time is relational. So we've learned two ways of life, two philosophies living there that I had never understood before. The first, and we'll go to the images here, is no pasa nada. So no pasa nada is the Spain equivalent of New York's forget about it. And what that means is it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. If you forget something, no pasa nada. If you're running late, no pasa nada. The consequences of those things do not merit being stressed out. Just live your life. But the second concept that we've learned is called sobremesa. And that literally just means above the table. But sobremesa means basically that when you're invited to someone's house for a meal, you are there for four hours, minimum. And if you try to leave earlier than the four-hour threshold, it's offensive. And it hurts people's feelings. You also learn that the food has very little to do with the meal. You eat because it's a necessity. But the real time together starts after the meal. Sobre mesa. That's when you talk about your life. That's when you talk about your fears and your dreams. That's when the real connection happens. What we're realizing and being reminded of more and more every day about life and relationships is that it is all about connection with God and with each other. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. It is all about connection. Let's pray together. Dear Lord in heaven, thank you, God, for this morning and this amazing privilege and opportunity and blessing for Kristen and me to be here right now. God, we feel so loved by this church. We feel like this church raised us. Uh, just from college students figuring out life to dating and engagement and marriage and now preparing to be parents. And uh, God, it's incredible to see living our lives within the kingdom and living our lives within your plan and your will, how you do take care of us in every way and how you continue to teach us and mold us and shape us and help us understand the truth about you and life and relationships. God, I pray right now that you open our hearts and you open our minds to understand this message, to understand your word, to grasp it, to be inspired by it, and to live it out in our lives every single day. We love you, Lord. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, for the duration of this sermon, we're going to do something together. We're going to imagine that a sheet of paper represents an individual person's life. And so most of you received a sheet of paper as you walked in. We'll talk about those later. Don't worry about it right now. That'll come later. But for now, we're going to focus on this sheet of paper right here. This sheet of paper, this person's life, it looks good. It's pure. It's clean. There's no scribbles, no dirt. If someone looked at it, they would think everything was great. Nothing is wrong with this person's life. It's had a pretty good life living as a single sheet of paper. It's confident. It's successful. It does its job. And as long as there's no wind, it's stable. It's steady. But what's the problem with this single sheet of paper? 
It's the same problem that more and more Americans specifically have every day of their lives. It is not connected to any others. In the year 2000, Robert Putnam, a professor of public policy at Harvard, wrote a groundbreaking book titled Bowling Alone, The Collapse and Revival of American Community. The book details how leading up to the year 2000, Americans had become increasingly disconnected from one another and how social structures had disintegrated from community centers to churches to parent-teacher organizations. It was the first book that had specifically described, described the effects that the lack of meaningful connection has on our physical health. And it was radical at the time, 18 years ago. But the truth is, 18 years later, not only is it still true, the lack of connection has increased exponentially. Two months ago, USA Today published an article detailing the same phenomenon. Here are a couple excerpts. It says, at a time when we're supposedly more connected than ever, there are an awful lot of lonely people. Nearly half of Americans report sometimes or always feeling alone or left out. According to a nurse, new survey from health company Cigna, one out of five Americans says they have no one they can talk to. And the loneliest generation, Generation Z, defined in the survey as those being 18 to 22 years old. It says, given the worrying consequences, the loneliness of Generation Z and other generations should be taken seriously. In fact, Cigna, citing a 2010 Brigham Young University study, says loneliness has the same impact on mortality as smoking 15 cigarettes a day, making it even more dangerous than obesity. So the problem with living as a single sheet of paper, is that when the wind and the storms do come, and it is inevitable that they will, or when challenges arise, or simply when reality hits you, you've got no resistance. No strength. No way to hold up under it. There's no one to hold you together. Or to strengthen you when you're really going through it. And in those moments, even as clean as you look, as successful as you feel, or as strong as you think you are, if you're not truly connected to God and to people who love Him and love you, none of those things will matter. If you're visiting with us today, it's very possible that you're in this situation. Maybe you're one of the increasing number of Americans who does not have anyone to talk to. Or maybe you're one of the 50% of people, you got a 50-50 chance at this, who feels always or sometimes or always feels alone or left out. Maybe you're realizing that living as a single sheet of paper does not cut it. That the meaning and fulfillment you've been seeking in success or in money or in a good reputation or in comfort just keeps evading you. You can't grasp it. And you know that there's something deep inside of you that craves real connection and love. It's a longing. It is a desire that starts within your soul 
and begs to be fulfilled. You know it's there, but it can be hard to accept. Maybe it's because you've never seen or experienced that connection and love. And so you don't believe that it really exists. Or even if you do believe that it really exists, it is, it is impossible to find. Do you want to know the reason it is so hard to find that connection and love? It's very simple. Sin. Sin. Plain and simple. One of the primary consequences of sin, whether it's lies, abuse, selfishness, the love of money, anger, holding grudges, or any number of others, is the destruction of connection, trust, and intimacy. But I want to tell you right now that God did not design life that way. He did not design you to live as a single sheet of paper. He designed you for profound, real, meaningful connection. He created you to love and to be loved. And He sacrificed His Son to repair the damage done by sin and to reconcile you to Himself. There's a powerful Scripture in 2 Corinthians 5 that speaks to that. We're going to have all the verses up here today. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 16 to 21, it says, So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And He has committed to us, meaning the Christians, the disciples, the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the only way to be reconciled to God and to your fellow man. It is the only way to repair the destruction caused by sin and to reclaim and restore the love and the intimacy that God created you to have. You will not find that love and connection in a bar on the weekend. You will not find it through building your resume to become more and more impressive. You will not find it even in the perfect boyfriend or girlfriend. Because until the sin that has destroyed trust and intimacy and connection in your life, until that sin is forgiven and wiped away and you are reconciled to God, there will always be a limit a barrier to the love that you can give and receive. God gave up everything, His Son, in order to forgive your sin and to reconcile you to Himself. And as you study the Bible, you begin to understand that and how it can radically change your life. And when you become a Christian, 
a true disciple of Jesus, you live the completion of this scripture. God makes you into a new creation through his son's blood. And he no longer counts his sin against you. You get brought into his church. And you have the opportunity for the first time in your life to have real, profound connection and love. Amen? You get welcomed into a body of believers that shares the same mind and the same purpose. And you no longer have to live as a single sheet of paper. So as you walked into service today, the ushers passed out exactly 186 sheets of paper. Why? There are 186 members in the church right now. So each one of you who is here has 185 other people to be deeply and spiritually connected with. That's an amazing thing. It is a privilege that God has given you. But there's something that is important to realize about being a member in the church with 185 other members. Here's what's important to realize. Simply being a member of the church does not assume, does not guarantee that you're connected. It is possible to be in a room with 185 other disciples and be alone. It's possible to come here to church, to sing the songs, to pay attention to the message, even write some notes so you remember it. What a concept. To say hi to people on your way in and on your way out and to not be connected. As we saw before, this is a culture, and it's not just the U.S., it's the entire Western world, where the default for half of all people is to not be connected. Even in the church, it takes work, real work, to have intimacy and love. Daily, deliberate, and decisive work. Hebrews 3 does tell us to encourage one another daily. For that very reason, we can never lose sight of our need for it. Because what happens if we don't put in the daily, deliberate, and decisive work to stay and to be connected? In Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 and 10, it says, Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls... And has no one to help them up. We can very easily become the person who falls and has no one to help them up. The sheet of paper that is among 185 other sheets of paper, but lives as an individual person. How do you become that person? Maybe you've been hurt even by another disciple. And it's hard for you to give your heart again. Maybe you needed someone at a difficult time in your life and they weren't there for you. So you lost trust. Maybe you've convinced yourself of the lie that you don't need anyone. That you don't need deep friendships in the church where you can confess your sin, ask for advice, pray together, challenge one another. Maybe you've believed Satan's lie that you don't matter to anybody. That no one cares about you. 
that you're not important. There are a lot of reasons that could lead you to live as a single sheet of paper among all the others. But we have to understand what happens if you start living that way. So now hold up your sheet of paper that you got as you walked in. All right, and I want you to hold it with your two index fingers and thumbs. Hold it like this. Now, for the environmentally conscious, don't worry, we will recycle these. So hold up, look around. 186 sheets of paper. That's a lot. A lot of other sheets of paper that you can be with. But when the challenge is, when the temptations come, keep holding it. I know your arms are getting tired. How much strength does one sheet of paper have that is living among 185 other sheets, but without being connected? Go ahead and see how much strength, how much resistance your sheet of paper has. Go ahead. Rip it. Let's see. Let's see if it can resist your strength. It didn't matter. It did not matter that there were 185 other sheets around your piece of paper. Because church, not one of us, not a single person here can survive like that. For that reason, for the very reason you just saw, God gave us the church. He gave us each other. So we do not have to fight this fight alone. Never. Not one day of your life do you have to fight it alone. It is the responsibility of every one of us to seek out and work for that connection and intimacy and love. And it is the responsibility of every other one of us to seek out the disciple who is not connected and to help them find that connection again. Let's finish by seeing what happens when every single sheet of paper, so we've got another 186 right here, when every single member in the body is connected by the love of Christ. Can we read a couple more scriptures? In Ephesians 4, verses 11 to 16. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is, Christ. From Him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. There exist leaders in the church not in order to do all the work for you, but in order to equip every one of us to work together. 
This is the type of bond that this scripture describes. It's the type of bond that is formed when every member of the church is involved and invested and integrated. When every ligament in the body does its work to build up the body in the love of Christ. And when every member is profoundly connected to all the others. As every part becomes more and more connected, the entire body grows stronger and more mature. We are better together. The theme for this year is the gospel, right? There's an amazing scripture in 1 Thessalonians 2 that talks about the full sharing, the full expression of the gospel. Here's what it says in verse 8. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. You know, in Madrid, we are a work in progress. And we always will be. We're a mission church and we have many needs. And we continue to need and to ask for your support in every way. Emotionally, spiritually, financially. But we are seeing the fulfillment of this very scripture. The sharing of our lives in some amazing ways. I want to share a couple of stories. When we were here in December, we shared about our future church building that we are in the process of constructing. Here's some photos from the construction process. It's an English academy in Madrid that is funded by a brother in the Chicago church. And it is doubling as our church building. So we work together, all 50 members of us in Madrid, to build this with our own hands. We showed up. We had to gut the whole place. It was like an HGTV episode happening in real life. So we're ripping out all the old construction and wires and lamps and lights and metal, bringing in materials. We built bathrooms. We built classrooms. We built an auditorium. And four weeks ago, while Pat and Lamisha were visiting, we had our inaugural service in this English academy in our new church building. And it was amazing. At the end of the service, we sang the last song. We had the announcements. At the end of the service, we asked everyone who had helped in building this space to stand up. And the whole church stood up. Everybody helped build it. It was incredible. It was an amazing example of every part, in this case, literally building the church. Another example of sharing not only the gospel, but our lives as well, is the story of Martine. Martine is a 21-year-old campus student. And uh, he has an amazing story. Seven months ago, we were buying a drum set, an electric drum set for the church. And so one of the brothers went, he found it on the equivalent of Craigslist. He went to go buy this drum set. And Martine was the one selling the drum set. So the brother, whose name is Ugo, bought the drum set and reached out to Martine. And he invited him to come to a campus event. So he came to a Friday night event. He came to church. He started studying the Bible. But he had a lot of challenges along the way. So he studied the Bible and then he decided to stop for a while. And there was a lot going on in his life. But Martine never stopped coming to church. He was there week after week after week. And what kept him coming back, even as he had stopped studying the Bible, was the love of the disciples. 
the disciples would always reach out to him and talk to him and ask him about his life. Families invited him over for meals. The brothers would always message him and stay connected to him. He kept studying the Bible. He started again, kept studying. He worked through those challenges. He figured out a relationship with God. And three weeks ago, Martin became your brother in Christ. He's on the left right here. Last weekend in Madrid, we had our all-church retreat. And in the weeks leading up to the retreat, there was a sister in the church who was really struggling in her faith. She was having a hard time coming to church, was discouraged, just not feeling good. And she definitely did not want to, nor had the money to come to this retreat. But one of the couples in the church encouraged her. And they got in there and they fought for her. And they paid for her to come to the retreat. Said, look, we'll pay for you. You can stay with us. So we get there Friday night and this sister is looking rough. Just discouraged, exhausted, not wanting to be there. But as the weekend progressed, her attitude changed. She was playing volleyball. She was playing soccer with everybody. She was talking to sisters during the meals and hanging out together. And she started to open her heart little by little. We ended the retreat on Sunday morning by praying together. And we just asked, can we have six people pray? Just volunteer. And this sister raised her hand. So we're going around the circle praying. And it gets, it gets to Maria. And... Uh, She's just weeping, just weeping in her prayer. But it was amazing to see her just pray, weeping and thanking God for his compassion and for renewing her heart during this retreat. But it was the result of people just loving her, saying, look, we'll do whatever we have to do. We want you to be here. We want you to be encouraged. And in the course of 48 hours, her entire heart changed by the, because of the love of the disciples and the love of God she saw through them. The rest of the passage that we read before in Ecclesiastes 4 says this in, in verses 11 and 12. It says in 11, also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And as I explain this scripture, I'm going to ask, where's Stephen? Pierre Charles. All right, I'm going to ask Stephen to come up on stage. Mr. Mr. Pierre Charles. But you look at this verse right here, and we know the three strands in this cord, it's you, it's another disciple, and it's God bonding you together as the third strand. And that's the type of bond that we have. You can stand right over here by this chair. But this is the type of bond we have between us and every other disciple when we remember that it is all about connection. So let's see how quickly that type of bond is broken. 186 sheets of paper stacked together. 
Alright, so first we're going to ask you to hold it just with your index fingers and thumbs. Like this, up top right here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so go ahead and rip it apart. Yeah, rip it apart. Yeah, just rip it in half. Nothing complicated, just rip it in half. Put some effort into it. Have you gone to the gym since the honeymoon? You can't do it. You can't do it. All right. Thank you. It is impossible. No human being can rip that in half. But this is what we are, church, when we're connected. No one tear it apart. Nobody can rip it in half. Those are 186 sheets of paper that are connected. 186 sheets of paper that are involved in each other's lives. That are open about their sin. That pray together and challenge one another and encourage one another. When you decide to live and to give everything to your relationships and to this church and to God. When you decide to be profoundly connected by the love of Christ, helping one another. Helping one another to fight the good fight day after day. Neither you as an individual nor this church can ever be broken. God is glorified when we strengthen one another in Him. And when we work together, every single one of us, to advance His kingdom. To be a beacon of light for every single soul that is searching for the love and the intimacy and the connection that we have found in God and know can only be found in Him. Brothers and sisters, I urge you to put this into practice and to go forward together in strength, remembering it is all about connection. To God be the glory. Amen. All right, what an awesome service today. Will and Kristen live from Spain. Wow, Will came to preach the word and he did. Created a few insecurities, I think, for Steve. And maybe Rose. But no pasa nada. All right, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So this is a good opportunity to, you know, take inventory for all of us, right? Where are we as far as our connectivity? And, and us all being unified, connected together, just as we saw Anything is possible. And uh, Will and Kristen are dear friends to uh, Lamisha and I and also to all of you in this church. And I can speak personally that they are doing a phenomenal job just glorifying God in Spain. And uh, we're so grateful that we had the opportunity to encourage you guys as a church in your trip here. And uh, hopefully see you guys soon. Love you guys. Let's go, let's go to God in prayer. Dear God, thank you so much uh, for this service. Thank you so much just for the sermon on uh, being connected connected and the uh, reminder of being unified, how strong we can be when we're all connected together, Father. I pray that we can really glorify you um, in that, God. I pray so much for Will and Kristen and, 
in their time here and as they go back to Spain, God, that they continue just to glorify you as they've been doing. Give them uh, strength and wisdom as they lead the church. And, and please, God, be with the Church of Madrid and the leaders and all the members, God. Uh, be with us here today as well. And uh, thank you again for this service. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, stand up. We're going to.